Hello, and welcome to The Politocrat. I am Omar Moore, and I hope that this Tuesday, March 17th, is bringing you all the positive things that you can hope for. It is indeed March the 17th, 2020, and it is Tuesday, and if you are in the state of California, as I am, and particularly if you are in San Francisco, then you will know that you are in an official shelter-in-place order. It's a public health order that went into effect this morning here in San Francisco, which essentially orders every person who is a resident of this city to stay indoors, to be at home and not to leave unless there is an emergency or if there is something essential for which you must leave. So that's where we are at this very moment. I hope everybody is safe wherever you are in the world. Of course, we are all going through this together, the entire, the entire planet. Some of us, of course, going through more of this and rougher than others. And for some of us, the worst is yet to come. And that is something that brings me to the topic that I really wanted to talk about on this edition of The Politocrat. And that is fear. That four-letter word beginning with F and not the word that you <laughs> probably would prefer to. <laughs> this one, unfortunately, is not as fulfilling. Or, or some people might argue that <laughs> the other one isn't as fulfilling. But this four-letter word beginning with F is one that brings a lot of damage, I think. Fear is, I guess, healthy to a degree, and most of all, it's unhealthy. And it's funny because Marianne Williamson, who, of course, ran for president of the United States in 2019 and then had to suspend her campaign earlier this year, 2020, was on Twitter and on Periscope on Monday night, and she was talking about how to deal with the coronavirus. And it's interesting because I was planning to talk about fear anyway, but she talked about fear as well on some of her Periscope broadcasts that she did last night. And she pointed out um, that fear is not good for your immune system. And I totally agree with her on that. Um, certainly it is not. There's a lot of adrenaline that pumps and when people are afraid, and when you're afraid, you do things that aren't in your best interest and you make decisions that aren't in your best interest. Almost always you do the wrong thing when you are led under fearful circumstances. I mean, when it comes to self-preservation, perhaps that, that's an exception to that rule. But when it comes to things like voting, 
or things like what we're dealing with now of this coronavirus? Well, not exactly. Because the fear breeds the panic and the panic brings the uncertainty and it all goes together. And fear for me is, I mean, it's, I would describe it as when you don't have the information about something and then you are worrying. And I forgot what fear stands for. And it's funny because there was a movie that came out called Nightcrawler a few years back with Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you remember that movie? Jake Gyllenhaal played a guy with a camera who would film all of these crime scenes and bring the footage back to a television news station that was headed by, at least anchored by Renee Russo. She was the producer of the news broadcast. And just to cut a long story short, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character gets deeper in uh, these crime scenes than he's supposed to without giving anything away. Go and watch Nightcrawler. It's probably around on Netflix or something. And he said, I think he said in that movie, he said what fear stood for, an acronym False evidence appearing real. I think that's exactly it. False evidence appearing real. That's fear. That's what the acronym, that's what fear stands for as far as as I remember um, Jake Gyllenhaal saying. So I think one of the things that brought me to talk about this on this edition of The Politocrat, is just the climate that we're living in. Obviously, there's the coronavirus that is spread all over the world. It is a pandemic. We all know that. We have cities around the country here in the United States, a number of them, not all of them, a number of them are in a shelter-in-place mode or a lockdown mode. Lockdown sounds very crude. Um, it's kind of like you think about 24-hour lockdown in a prison or something, in Pelican Bay, you know, Denzel Washington, training day. You know, King Kong ain't got... <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, not quite like that, but... You have a number of cities across the United States that are putting some really strong restrictions down. New York, um, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and various others. And then, of course, in countries like Italy, you have a complete shutdown of the city. The city, excuse me, the country is completely shut down. That is a shutdown. You are not to leave your home. And so here in San Francisco, that is what we are facing. Um, and there will be police apparently trying to enforce this and to certain degrees, not in draconian degrees. So I just want to just say, be safe, everybody. Be careful. But again, I come back to fear. You know, what is it that is 
making you feel afraid right now. Obviously, this virus is here. We are living in a, a world of fear. We are seeing far right wing leaders getting into power by hook or by crook across the globe, literally. I mean, we're seeing autocratic leaders and dictators and we're seeing tyrants, we're seeing dictators, autocrats, authoritarians all over the globe. We're seeing this and that contributes to fear because they breed fear into the populations. Whether it's Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil or whether it's Trump here in the United States, to a degree, Boris Johnson in the UK, although his leadership has been pretty poor as well on this coronavirus. Um, and he was certainly exhibiting authoritarian tendencies in the run up to the general election. So that's not exactly slowed down too much since he won the election in a landslide last December. Then you've got these other governments, whether, of course, it is Duterte in the Philippines and obviously MBS in Saudi Arabia or Viktor Orban in Hungary or Erdogan in Turkey or Xi in China. I mean, I can go on and on and on. You know, Putin in Russia, obviously, as well. I mean, you can go on and on. There's so many of them. And, but they are really the individuals who are dominating the landscape, for lack of a, a better word for it. You know, it's, it's, it's just quite wretched, actually. It really is. It's, it's really rough. And people are anxious. People are anxious. Uh, the leadership has not been good with this coronavirus. Donald Trump sat on his hands. And I think his inaction has been responsible for why we are in lockdown here. Or shall I say, let me go back to saying shelter in place here in San Francisco and the, wherever you may be, you may be seeing some severe restrictions as well, wherever you are on the planet. And for me, I think this started to get me thinking. Celebrities getting coronavirus. You know, last week it was Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. You know, they are husband and wife. And they were in Australia. And Australia is enjoying or having its summer now. Australia, for example, has been through a lot the last few months. They've had these horrible brush fires that really literally had almost the entire country on fire. That was, you know, within the last two or three or four months that that has been going on. And to an extent, some of that may still be going on. And now that Australia has hit its summer, you have coronavirus there. And Tom... Hanks and Rita Wilson caught the virus last week. Now, look, there are hundreds of thousands of people who have this virus that we don't know, that you don't know. Heck, 
we could even have the virus and not know it. That's what is really scary to me, quite frankly. That is a heavy dose of fear. Asymptomatic people having this virus. That could be any of us, me, you, anybody. And there's no testing. And in fact, even if there was, we would not be anywhere near the front of the line because, of course, only symptomatic people and at that only symptomatic people with pretty darn severe symptoms are being tested. So it's a really nerve-wracking time and that is the thing that really gives me pause, makes me nervous. What's your fear? Whether it's about the corona virus or whether it's about anything else. Why is it that people still choose to disregard the advice of public health officials and local and state government leaders who are telling you, stay home, engage in social distancing, Wash your hands and wash them for at least 20 seconds and wash them frequently. Why is it that there's still a number of people out there who don't do that, who don't follow those guidelines? Where does that come from? I think things like these make me nervous more than the virus itself. I mean, obviously, the virus is something that I'm concerned about. I wash my hands religiously. <laughs> you know, I'm practically OCD. I am OCD about it. And this is the time to be OCD about washing your hands, wiping down surfaces. This is the time for that, I think. And I think the only other fear I have is of the way people are going to react when this virus really hits the United States. Because right now it has hit the United States and it's just offered us a glimpse of what is to come. And this is me saying this based on what New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has said, based on what New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has said based on what National Institutes of Health Director Anthony, Dr. Anthony Fauci has said. My worry is how people are going to react when this virus is still here in two or three months' time and things are really dire. And I just think of these movies and I've been talking about them on Twitter at the popcorn R-E-E-L. Over the last few days, films like Contagion, which was directed by Steven Soderbergh, a film that was very unsettling at times to watch. Films like Outbreak, unsettling movie from the 1990s, which also starred Rene Russo, by the way, that film. 
And then the two films that star Julianne Moore. One of the best roles that she ever did was in a film called Safe, which is directed by Todd Haynes. And it dealt with agoraphobia, you know, the fear of the outside world, the fear of open spaces beyond your doors, beyond your home. And Julianne Moore was unforgettable in that movie. And that film was really strong, very powerful at times. And she was also in the film Blindness. Blindness was directed by Fernando Morelish. And that film was scary, truly scary, about a pandemic of people just suddenly going blind. And it was called The White Blindness. It's based on a book, by the way, of the same title by Jose Saramago. And Saramago, I think, passed away a few years ago. But that book remains one of his most profound and most powerful books. And I think it was the winner of, I think it may have won the Pulitzer Prize. That book was certainly a high prize of distinction. And Saramago wrote that book and it is terrifying to read. This makes 28 Days Later look like a walk in the park. In fact, 28 Days Later is a comedy next to blindness. Particularly the book. The movie was good as well. It was powerful. Mark Ruffalo was also in that movie. So... You know, these are the movies I was thinking of. And I think somehow those movies actually helped me, even though they are a fiction. There behind those movies suggests something that is real and deep and primal that we as human beings somehow are driven to behave in circumstances and under conditions in which we normally would not behave. And I think all four of those movies exemplify that in very powerful ways, particularly Blindness. I think that film of all four of those films is the one that um, is the most devastating. Certainly that book by Saramago is. Um, and the film is as well. Because it just gives you this glimpse into the human condition and into what human beings do in these circumstances. And we can choose to do something good or we can choose to go down this really destructive path. And I think that's where my fear comes. Which way will we choose to go? Will we choose to continue to hoard Toilet paper, if there's any left, or will we choose the way of helping others who need help? Will we choose the way of being more considerate of our fellow human being? Will we choose compassion? Will we choose consideration? Or will we choose selfishness? and expediency.
it is a question or two worth asking. The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with the Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to The Politocrat. Well, there are elections going on today here in the United States. The Democratic primaries are going ahead, at least in three of the four states, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois are going forward with their primaries. I will say that right now, so let me get that out of the way. Ohio, however, will not be. Their in-person voting has been cancelled, postponed until June. I believe June the 2nd is the date. Governor Mike DeWine, the Republican governor of Ohio, had to go through a court challenge before he finally prevailed and ended up um, being able to cancel the uh, primary, which would have taken place tonight, but it is not going to now, um, at least in-person voting, which makes sense. It is the right call. Now, I know some people were thinking this is a sinister situation. and But look, th- these things have to happen. Um, it makes sense. I wish Arizona had done the same thing. They have only closed 8-0 precincts in Maricopa County, which, by the way, is the most uh, populous county of the state of Arizona. And... While it is being, these 80 precincts are being closed down due to fears about the coronavirus, um, I, I, I cynically get the feeling that this is also voter suppression at work, which Arizona is not completely alien to by any stretch with a Republican uh, in charge there as well. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a concern. That is a concern. And I think Arizona should have just canceled their primary. If they were so concerned about fears around the coronavirus, why, why close 80, 80 precincts in Maricopa County and not in the rest of the state? Why not just close the whole thing down? So what you've got is a suppression of uh, votes. Why not just close the whole state down and in terms of the uh, primary and just delay it like Ohio has done? I just think that would have made a lot more sense. So that's something to look at as we get to the elections tonight. So it's going to be three states and we will see um, 
who fares well as a result of those elections. Of course, the debate was Sunday night, and I certainly think that Bernie Sanders by far was the runaway winner. But what will the voters think by the end of the night tonight? That's the key. I mean, this whole election year, I think this whole year is the year of fear. And make no mistake, and I want to get back to this topic of fear. We are even getting a glimpse of that in the election, in this Democratic primary, where we are now down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. One of these candidates is telling you that he's the steady hand, telling you that he's the one who can heal the nation. He's the one who can bring things back to normal. He's the one that we should unite around. The other candidate is the one who says that he will bring major change to the country. And he's the candidate who is urging and imploring everyone to unite around an agenda that works for everybody. So there's a difference between those two variables and those two variables are very clear. Now, my question is, which one will voters ultimately end up supporting? So far, they've gone to the candidate who is pledging a steady hand. And that candidate is Joe Biden. The candidate who is promising and urging and facilitating and fighting for major changes in the system and in the condition of the working class and the middle class is Bernie Sanders. Medicare for all, Green New Deal. And... Because there's so much fear in the air, I actually think that the steady hand and healing much more benefits Joe Biden. And I think voters will be more likely, more apt to continue to vote that way, given what we've got right now, quite frankly, given the reality of the coronavirus which is fear-inducing by itself, never mind the corporate news media constantly giving you numbers and figures and bombarding you and then sending mixed signals, mixed messages. Some public officials have been doing the same, by the way. So it remains to be seen when we speak of fear... Is this a fear-based election for you? Do you find yourself feeling fearful about the election itself? About Donald Trump? About Joe Biden? About Bernie Sanders? Is there any of them that make you feel fearful that you're worried about? Because people are worried about all three of them. I've heard people say, oh no, Bernie, we can't. We can't do that. This guy wants a revolution. 
And he doesn't really want a revolution. He wants a political revolution, which is something that previous presidents have called for, like FDR, like JFK. I mean, like Truman. I mean, this is not foreign territory. Shirley Chisholm, who became the first woman to run for president. Yes, we are in Women's History Month. Shirley Chisholm was the first woman in America to run for president of the United States. And she ran in 1972. She called for a political revolution. And when she called for a political revolution, the Democratic establishment at the convention absolutely shunned her, made her a pariah. So this is not the first rodeo of this kind of thing where there are candidates who make a bold stand, but then there is an electorate that I think, quite frankly, is very fearful at the moment. And generally speaking, if that is the truth, and if I'm right, then historically, Voters who feel that way, who feel fearful, who feel uncertain, are not going to, generally speaking, vote for seismic changes. I think the way that some of these particular voters see it is that there's a lot of change around them already that is making them feel very nervous, i.e. the coronavirus and the sudden change in the way you're living your daily life. And people who feel that way are probably less likely to vote for Bernie Sanders and more likely to vote for someone who isn't going to move the needle too much except to deliver you away from the chaos that is ensuing right now, particularly under this crazy orange buffoon in the White House. That's my guess. And then there are people who say Joe Biden's too risky. He is someone who can't be trusted. He doesn't tell the truth. He lies a lot. He is too much of a paper tiger when it comes to the standing up to the big banks and standing up to Wall Street, standing up to the fossil fuel industry. He takes money from all of these places. His voting record and his record overall politically has been horrible. Generally speaking, he has not been a friend to the working class or poor or to black people based on the voting records. Certainly not a friend to black women. Anita Hill and then the Hyde Amendment that he voted for five times. So there's a lot of people who, and the Hyde Amendment, by the way, f- prevented women of from low-income backgrounds and, and some black women who fit into that from utilizing Medicaid to make their reproductive choices in terms of paying for things. So... People say that about Joe Biden. Then obviously Trump is not somebody that, well, we don't even have to go there. There's, we all know why people fear Trump. We all know why people do not want Trump for four more years. 
the so-called Bernie or bust people notwithstanding, who I think in the main are Trump supporters. That's what I think they are. Or they are downright fools. Because why would you want Bernie to win and then when he doesn't win, vote for Trump by staying home? Or writing Bernie's name in? Doesn't make sense. Especially when he won't be on the ballot if he's not the nominee. Why are you writing his name in? It makes no sense. That's a vote for Trump. So... You know, that's another thing. Is fear driving that or is that ignorance or is that stubbornness? Is that your sense of pride and allegiance to the candidate you want? Is this a privileged position that you're taking? Because some people can afford to say, well, I'm going to just write in candidate X's name. Because they personally won't have anything to really lose by having Donald Trump in for four more years. They may be white males of a certain status who generally won't have anything to lose. And I'm talking a moneyed status. They generally are not going to face any kind of punitive sanction from Donald Trump should he get in, God forbid, for four more years. So I think that there is certainly white male privilege or white female privilege, white privilege that plays into that. So that's my take on the year of fear and how I think it definitely does affect this election year. I think fear is something that the corporate news media has put in front of us And it's not really a healthy thing to be sitting in front of a television and watching a lot of what goes on on the corporate news media because it is all about pumping you with fear, especially now. So it's tough when you're sheltering in place, but there's lots of things to do that you can do in your home. If you have Netflix, take a look at Netflix. You can, of course, read a book. If you have a book that you like to read, listen to some music. Cook something. Cooking is very therapeutic, by the way. If you know how to cook. (laughs) It's a therapy thing. It's really good to be able to create something in the kitchen. That may be able to alleviate some of the anxiety that you may have, some of the fear that you may have. Write something. Write in your diary if you have a diary or even if you don't. Just write something. Write about how you're feeling about these times that you are living in, that we're living living through. I just have to say, man, you know, it's it's just incredible to me. I spoke earlier about fear and about Celebrities getting this coronavirus and I just still can't get my head around this. Honestly, that this particular person, and it can happen to anybody, but that this particular person came down with this coronavirus. I was stunned on Monday to hear from 
this person. Hey, uh, what's up, guys? So look, uh, this morning I, uh, I got some test results back for coronavirus and it came back positive. Yeah, and it sucks. Um, listen, I'm doing okay. Uh, Sabrina hasn't been tested and she's doing okay. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have any symptoms. Um, I got tested because I realized I was um, exposed to someone who had also uh, tested positive. I found out last Friday that they were tested positive. I quarantined myself and got a test immediately uh, and got the results back today. Uh, look, this is serious, you know. Now's the time to really think about social distancing, washing your hands. Uh, beyond that, there are people out there who aren't showing symptoms and that can easily spread it, okay? So now's a real time to be really vigilant about washing your hands and keeping your distance, okay? Um, we've told our families, um, they're very supportive. We've told our colleagues, um, and, you know, transparency is probably the best thing for this right now. If you're feeling ill or you feel like you should be tested or you've been exposed and do something about it. All right. It's really important. Look, we live in a divided world right now. We can all feel it. It's been bullshit. But now's the time for solidarity. Now's the time for thinking about each other. There are so many people whose lives have been affected from those who have lost people that they love to people that don't even have it and have lost their livelihoods. This is real, all right? Um, I just wanted to share my news with you guys and I will keep you updated as how I'm doing, um, but so far we're feeling okay. All right, man, stay positive and don't freak out. Idris Elba. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't want to sound naive or anything, but that got me yesterday when I found out about this. Well, first of all, I want to just say, and that was off of Idris Elba's Twitter page and that video that you just heard the audio from has received, oh my goodness, well over quarter of a million retweets and it's going to be a lot more than that you know by the time it's all said and done but it was a very good message from Idris Elba who I want to just say again and I did say this to him on Twitter get well soon get better soon um, even though he says he feels okay you know I mean this is what I mentioned earlier asymptomatic you know asymptomatics can still have this virus. And that's what's terrifying to me. Um, and you don't know unless you get tested. So this is why we need testing. As the World Health Organization said, the uh, general, the director general, the one in charge there, I forget his name. He said, every country needs to test, test, test. And that's certainly true here in the United States. So Idris, get well soon, sir. Speedy recovery. And um, hope you and yours are safe. As for everyone else too. You look, there's so many people, the Hankses, as I mentioned earlier, but 
people who aren't famous, who have really fallen on hard times with this virus, some of whom have died. You know, there's a lot of people around the globe who have died, lost their lives to this virus. Many of them older, some of them younger. This is very, very serious, like Idris Elba just said. And this is not anything to play with. And yes, there's fear, but with fear also comes a sense of, you know, this responsibility. We really have to look out for each other. And I think that is more imperative now than ever, particularly with this. FDR is absolutely right. And he said that back in 1933. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so that's the, that's the thing. That's the key. You know, we have to be able to try to control our fear. As Steve Martin once said in the film Grand Canyon from back in the 1990s. When he says, you know, the one thing that people here are trying to control, their fear. And that's what we have to start doing. And uh, we need to become a bit more, as I say, loving, more loving, more compassionate. And we need to start to be bolder and braver. And we can demand better. And... um, I would agree with these sentiments. Patsy Kensit and Eighth Wonder with I'm Not Scared. And we have to start adopting an attitude. Of course, we have our fears. But we also have to adopt an attitude of we have to continue to move forward and band together. And Idris Elba pointed this out. Yes, we are um, to a degree divided, although I agree with those who say we're more disconnected then we are divided. I mean, I think that it is true there are there are divisions, but I think the corporate news media and some politicians do a fantastic job of making us all feel that we are more divided away from each other than we actually are. So I just want to say to each and every one of you who are listening to this edition of the politocrat, to be safe, to be careful, to be reasonable, and above all, continue to be loving and caring. Thanks for listening. I'm Omar Moore. I can be found on Twitter at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. And I hope that you contemplated this edition of The Politocrat.